Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday show, right in the middle of the week, and for the first time in this year's training camp, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took it inside. They took it indoors. They want to chill off, cool out a little bit, or chill out and cool off. Same thing, same difference. So we saw a lot of veterans off in today's show or in today's practice. So because of that, guys like Kyle Trask got more opportunities. Some guys ran with it, ran with that baton. Other guys, not so much. And it was a bit of a rough day for Kyle Trask, the maybe future quarterback of the Buccaneers in seasons from now. We'll get into all of that. I'm your host, Matt Matera from PewterReport.com. Joined with me, Two other colleagues of mine from PewterReport.com, the face that runs the place, Scott Reynolds, and the go-to-graphics, Kay Huddy, Casey Hudson. hey yo. How we doing, everyone? Better than Kyle Trask. That's <laughs> yeah. a fact. Coming out the gates hot with yeah. the... <laughs> the, I was gonna say insults, but yeah, I, I can't even say slander because yeah, that's how yeah. I mean, it was just two interceptions and then back to back interceptions and then two passes that should have been picked off. I mean, it was it was a rough day for Kyle Trask. It really was. It was it wasn't like panic at the disco. It was like panic in the indoor. Is really what it yeah. was. Uh, now the coaches panicking. No, should Buccaneer fans panic? No, this is. A learning curve for him. He did get a lot of reps today, so I, I think that that it's not what you wanted to see, right? You you wanted to see you, know, you want to see more Casey. There she is, but uh, <laughs> but you, you want to see more good plays than bad plays from Kyle Trask. It wasn't like a it, it wasn't like we, what what we're seeing on Twitter with the likes of Trey Lance and Justin Fields and even Carson Wentz throwing interceptions galore. It just it wasn't a great day for him. And this was a day, Matt, as you said, in Casey where he got more reps than he might have in any practice so far. And he needs those reps. He did make some good throws, but you can't kill the team with the interceptions. You can't turn the ball over. I mean, you can throw for 5,000 yards. You can set a franchise record with 33 touchdowns. But when you throw 30 interceptions, and I'm talking about Jameis Winston here. So really? it, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do yeah. in terms of yards and touchdowns. You can't turn the ball over and kill the team. And that's what Kyle Trask has got to understand is you can be a playmaker, but you can't help the grave diggers out on the other side of the ball. No, I mean, you're making, you know, Jamel Dean and Troy Warner household names now. Obviously, a lot of people know uh, Jamel Dean and don't make a scene when he makes a play. Uh, Let's set the table, though, a little bit, just, just so everyone's aware. So, um, like I said before, a lot of vets got veteran day off days off today. Tom Brady did. Happy birthday, Tom Brady. Happy birthday, uh, Tom. Might not be in the best guys. mood because you're in the news for all different stuff, but you know, he tried to clear his head today. Wasn't even like at the indoor facility. Uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't see him out there at all. But Tom he never Brady, really shows up on vet day. Yeah. Tom yeah. Didn't, right. uh Tom didn't practice. Mike Evans didn't practice, neither did Julio Jones, Levante David. Did not practice on the defensive side. Cam Bray, we spoke to him in a press conference no. after, but he did <laughs> not. Uh, he did not practice today. There were three others that did not practice, but they also were unavailable the day before. That was running back Giovanni Bernard, wide receiver Rashad Perryman, and linebacker uh, JoJo. JoJo O, we'll just call him because it's kind of tough to pronounce uh, his last Give name. Give it a try, Matt. Say it. Was it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. o- Jojo Ozawugu. And yeah. uh, they ha- did not practice the day before. So it's one of those, like for Gio, it's like, is did they just give him an extra day of rest? Or is he actually, like, is there actually something really bothering him? Same with Perryman. Um, Casey, we, we've seen plenty of Giovanni Bernard, as uh, Stephen Shea would say. Giovanni Bernard! <laughs> like, we've seen a lot of him, right? I mean, I'm yeah. probably, probably more than we expected to see. So may- maybe he does need a couple of veteran days off or, or maybe he tweaks something a little bit. We'll find out. But, but I mean, I've, I've probably seen more Giovanni Bernard since camp started than maybe we even saw last year. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting to see him in as much. Um, I 
want to say Saturday is where I probably saw the most of him and then yep. kind of carried into Monday when pads whipped out. So I, I don't know what the status was for his off season. If he really healed up on all the things he had the chest and an arm and all, all these little things going on. So it could just be a precautionary thing. He did well Saturday. He did well Monday, Tuesday, and now he's just chilling. Yeah. Wait, today's Wednesday. He did well Monday. Sorry. The days yeah. of the week right now <laughs> are <No>. not it. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea what day it is. Um, I just it's don't. Thursday for weeks. Yeah. yeah. It, it feels like Thursday, but it's Wednesday. You know, that's, uh, they, they all run together. And the Bucks may not have needed uh, Gio Bernard out at practice today. But like one thing I really need, especially getting up early and oh. working all day, uh, is a Celsius energy drink, which of yeah. course Celsius, and we're matching today. Casey yep. had an well, Arctic I had vibe one. earlier, yeah. and that inspired me to have the uh, the Arctic vibe today. I said, when I grow up, I want to be like Casey Hudson, and I, <laughs> the only way I can do that is by drinking the Arctic vibe. Of course, the Pewter Report podcast is energized by Celsius, and you see the vibes there. You got the Arctic, tropical, peach vibe, but they got more flavors too. You got the the classic orange, the Strawberry kiwi guava, uh, lemonade. They got, uh, you know, peach, peach mango, like all these different flavors. The variety of Celsius is fantastic. Seven essential vitamins, and it gives you that energy to get through your day. Whether you're going to crush a workout, whether you've got a long work day, a long drive, a long flight, it's perfect to have Celsius to get you through all of that. Make sure you click on uh, Celsius.com. Check out their store locator where you could find a Celsius near you. And it's all over the place now, so you don't have to go very far. And you could also buy them in bulk on Amazon. Go to Amazon.com. You could set up whether you get them uh, you know, every two weeks, every three weeks. However quick or long you want to get your Celsius energy drinks, you can get them right away at Amazon. So Doesn't shout out Celsius. Like a it does. It absolutely yeah. tastes like a slushy. That's how Casey was selling it to me, and I was like, "Andy Bernard thought about it, I'm in." And so I went with the uh, I went with the Arctic today, and yeah. it is not disappointing. I no, it's am good. It's very happy good. with this. Seven Eleven would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would um, be. So I, here, here's the thing. I, I think with Trask, it, and we talked about this, and it's 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 worth noting that having Blaine Gabbard on this team is is beneficial for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one. He knows this offense inside and out. This is your five for Blaine Gabbard. And, and I think that if you had to get out of a game, you probably want to turn to Blaine Gabbard. Um, and, you know, the second reason is he's the most handsome quarterback in the room, Tom Brady being number two, of course. But I, I think the, the other thing is, is Blaine is the measuring stick. Right. Yeah. Kyle Trask needs to beat out Blaine Gabbert or at least get to that level. Make it tough for the coaches to sit there and say, OK, we're going to go with Kyle Trask as our, our our backup quarterback and really give him the opportunity to to go out there and, and be Tom Brady's backup and, and get some of these reps. Maybe put him into a game, see how he does. Closing out a game, we saw Blaine Gabbert throw a couple touchdown passes when the Bucks ramped up their lead in the first half against the Detroit Lions back in 2020. But I don't think he's there yet. This is a big preseason. and actually starts next week, I think, with the Dolphins joint practices, yes. guys. Mm -hmm. Kyle Trask, is, he's got to get these interceptions out of the system. He's got to start making some plays. And it wasn't just the interceptions today, uh, guys. It was, it was also they were doing some two-minute drill workout in, in the, the indoor facility, and there were a couple of fourth-down opportunities where he couldn't move the chains and, and keep that late drive going. They created scenarios where the Buccaneers are down and need a touchdown or they're down by two points, need a field goal. And we just didn't see Kyle Trask deliver in those situations aside from the interceptions. And there's other practices where, and this kind of goes back to any camp, where I've actually liked what Kyle Trask has done. So I'm not – looking at this one practice and saying it's over for Kyle Trask, like he can't win the number two job. Right. Uh, what I will say though, is, you know, the interceptions are one thing, like the interceptions are going to happen. I don't always fault the quarterback, especially a younger one when it's in this type of situation where you have to see what you can get away with and what you can't. For example, the first interception in the red zone goal line, whatever you want to call it, 
it was over the middle. He was trying to fit it into a window, and Warner kind of jumped up and made the interception. That's yeah. going to happen sometimes. I can live with that. The next one on the next play, though, it was to the sideline. Wasn't even sure like who he was really looking for. And Jamel Jamel Dean. He was looking for Jamel Dean. And you know, yeah. th- that was a bad play. But yeah, he oh he only had two interceptions, but he could have had four or five. Zion McConnell, oh, yeah. who we'll talk about later. Zion had a great day. He did. He dropped the interception, though. Yeah. Like should have been an interception. There was another one that went uh, off of uh Olakunle. Fadukowski's hands, uh, a linebacker. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to stop all the difficult names <laughs> out there. Um, so those are a couple more dropped opportunities or bailouts for uh, for Kyle Trask. But the problem I had is, you know, he's strong, and I do want to talk about the positives of Kyle Trask. There were a couple today. Yeah. He's very strong throwing to his right side. But outside of that, going over the middle, going to the left side, not as powerful. So he had some underthrown balls today. Like there was yeah. one play – where um, Vincent Smith was going deep down the middle, and he right. had Zion McCollum by a step, but the yep. ball was just slightly underthrown. So Zion mm-hmm. got a nice PBU out of it, but it's like if you just get a little bit more, that's a touchdown and that's a great play, and maybe you're not the main narrative of this podcast today. But so speaking just, of Smith, yeah. though, there was another throw where he did show arm strength, and he got it um, He got it pretty deep to Vincent Smith. Uh, I ended up yeah, out, and a couple yeah. people yeah, asked about that. So you're right, Matt. He has glimpses where he looks strong, and, yes. and you pointed out that that's, that's favorably on the right side and then left side and other than that. It gets a little inconsistent. The nerve-wracking part when it comes to Trask and his performance, and I think what was kind of illuminated today is that Imagine when you have a team, an opponent coming against you full throttle, full contact. He, mm-hmm. Even though he's become a little bit more confident and a little bit more decisive, a team that's not going to let up or play tag with you because when these guys are going toe-to-toe in practice, especially indoor, they're not coming at one another. That pressure makes me kind of nervous for how he's going to manage, um, you know, when it comes to preseason and stuff. So, no, I, I'm not hating on Trask because he's a Gator. But I'm yeah, you hate the game that he had. I know it's his college just didn't do him justice, guys. That's the problem. Yeah, well, I mean, um, it shouldn't really upset you because your school, Charge On UCF Knights, won right, the Gatsbrilla right. Bowl over the Gators. So, right, right. Thank yeah. you for making mm-hmm. that apparent. But yeah, so he had some moments that looked good for somebody who hasn't had much great things to say about Kyle Trask. I, I thought he had some good moments today. I think the the disappointing part is that you know Blaine Gabbert says said steps into that number one role he steps into that two role he gets a lot more reps today and he yep. didn't really maximize on that at all he doesn't yeah. look ready yeah i i would agree with that i think that, that that was probably the more disappointing thing is just the the amount of reps he had and the amount of mistakes he made with those increased reps right it, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't like he had more of a chance to shine and did it's he had a more of a chance to screw up and he kind of did right. and let's hope that that he fares better and gets some of the stuff out of the way early on. Uh, the, the book is not yet written on Kyle Trask. We're still on the first chapter here. And we might even be like on, on the, the prologue, really, because Trask just didn't get much playing time last year. And I, he's going to see the, the most reps in the preseason over Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbard. And I would probably hazard a guess that he is, and, and that's easy to say, right? Because he's the third string quarterback. But I think if you add up all of the the snaps that Gabbert and Brady will play in the preseason, I think Kyle Trask will play even more than both of those combined. And I don't want to see Ryan Griffin in the preseason. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it's funny you mention that, Scott, because Todd Bowles actually confirmed today that Tom Brady will not be playing at all in the first preseason game. Yeah. Uh, next week against the Dolphins, maybe yeah. to keep away from a tampering type of situation. I'm not exactly sure about that. But <laughs> Guys, that means... they already think that we're an anti-Brady net over here. <laughs> I know. That was ridiculous. Like, Casey, we yeah. were on the show for about like 10 minutes. We were like, yeah, you know, Brady still I thought I was defending the, the guy. Yeah, but... I thought we were defending him too, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe people misinterpreted, not really going to get on everyone's case because we all interpret things. Uh, differently i do want to point out for kyle trask just another thing that i that i noticed he's building a pretty good chemistry with evan tompkins and tompkins has been i think overall solid he had one bad day where he dropped the pass and it turned into uh an interception 
But overall, yeah. him and Tompkins are really hitting it well. They had a nice play mm-hmm. about 30 yards down the uh, to the, the right side where where Trask has thrived a lot more. Right. Casey, as you mentioned, he had that, like, I think it was like a 40-yard play in that yeah, two-minute drill. Uh, yeah, down the field. I believe that was to Smith. So um, I like when he does push the ball more down the field because I think we've seen yeah. with Blaine. Blaine's a bit of a check on Charlie a little bit. He, you know, he likes to keep everything under wraps, not really move the ball down the field as much. Uh, I think yeah. he was a little bit more. Maybe it's because he was the number one guy, but I, I really enjoy watching Dean in those in those two-minute drills yeah. going on. Um, he really connected well with Scotty Miller. Tyler Johnson, yeah. again, had like a very I know. solid yeah. day. Both but, those guys uh, looked really talk- But I think one of the wide receivers that I think was most impressive Probably because not necessarily the plays that he made, but the person that he beat to make those plays, yeah. and that was Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden, yeah. In context, these these the, the two minute drills, there wasn't really a lot of pass rushing going on, so it wasn't right. like Blaine had Vita Vea in his face and things like that. Yeah, but Jalen Darden beat Carlton Davis twice, and That's one right. of them was like over the middle, twenty yards down the field. And, you know, we're extremely complimentary uh, of Jalen Darden. Uh, sorry, of Carlton Davis. Oh. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we're not always complimentary of Jalen Darden. We're yeah. very complimentary, at least I am, of Carlton Davis. I think he's up yeah. there as, you know, he's clearly number one on this team and it's close to being an elite cornerback. So anytime mm-hmm. a second-year receiver like Jalen Darden can beat yeah. Carlton Davis uh, multiple times, I mean, that's a huge check in the box for him. Yeah, I agree. And and Casey, when you look at at the receivers we talked about today, right? There's mm-hmm. there's four at the top of the depth chart. Obviously, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. Those three players didn't practice today. Mm-hmm. And and you know, if you're taking a veteran day, right? And obviously, Godwin hasn't practiced yet. But if you were taking a veteran day, like you don't want to do it during the indoor day. You want to do it during like an outdoor day, yeah. like really make it count, you know. But but anyways, those guys were out. The, the only uh, receiver out of the top four who was participating was Russell Gage. He was the mm-hmm. clear number one guy, and he caught some good passes from from Gabbert. But those four guys are locked in. You've got two or three roster spots if they keep seven receivers. One of those would have to be a return specialist, either Darden or Tompkins. But I mean, when you look at, at Darden and you look at, at Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, uh, those are the three holdover guys. And then I, I would agree with Matt. I think Tompkins is is really flashed as well. So that's four guys right there that ever since Julio Jones got to Tampa, they you know outside of maybe that first day where they kind of get shook up a little bit maybe, but now it's, it's like they're locked in and they know that this is going to be a dogfight for those remaining spots. Absolutely. I mean, we can't really harp on this enough that the competition is is excruciating in that position group. And and initially when camp started, it was like you could see that pressure was getting to some of these guys. And then when the pads came on, it's like everyone really just leveled up. Um, you know, you guys know I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. And Tyler Johnson has been surprisingly good this camp. Like and he has people rooting for him. Um, yeah. He has people that matter pulling for him. So that kind of puts things in a perspective. Exactly. That puts things in a perspective that like, you know, there's certain people that are going to have more of an opportunity here than, than I anticipated. So, you know, you've got, you've got Tyler Johnson. Um, Scotty Miller has been performing very well in pads and that's kind of where it counts. I know people think he's a one trick pony or he's only got, you know, uh, straight ahead speed and stuff, but he is starting to show, that he can be a little bit more than just a one trick pony. Not that he's doing too much more, but the effort is there. And then you've got, you know, Devin Tompkins and, and Jalen Darden. I'm not the biggest Jalen Darden fan, but he had a good camp last year. He's having yeah. another good camp right now. For me, it's just when it gets to game speed, it changes for a lot of guys. NFL pace is, is way different than going up against your own team. So for me, I have to see if it translates for Darden before I really give any credit. Um, his first step off the line, brilliant. He does well with speed. We know he's a quick yeah. guy. Uh, it just comes down to how does he pan out when it comes to being one-on-one with an, when the the opposing team. Right. So the next week is going to be huge because we have the joint practice. It's not going to be, you know, you going against your teammates today was kind of a hard evaluation for me because I just feel like some plays were kind of like tag. It it felt like a recess session, you know, it was, it was, it was light. It was fun. 
there's not as much pressure, Matt, as you mentioned, you know, there wasn't much pass rushing going on. So you don't have these guys in your face. Right. So and, 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 and just to be clear in the two minute drill, that's, that's by design. Ever since Ryan Jensen right. got hurt, when they go to two minute drill and hurry up, it's mm-hmm. a given that there will be a pass rush. It's also a given that you're throwing the ball every down. So it, you're going to be in pass protection mode. So they just kind of eliminate that scenario. They snap yeah. the ball. The defensive line stands up. The offensive line stands up. It's really about the quarterback finding the open receiver and then the linebacker and then the secondary covering those guys. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, now that they know what to anticipate and how that goes about, it's just it's going to be a game changer next week when they're going against the Dolphins and heading into that first preseason game. Um, And it's tough because somebody asked me on Twitter, you know, what's going to happen with with. Vincent Smith, because he's been doing well in camp. Everyone's just been doing quite well. Yeah. Um, it's just going to come down to what plays they can really see them in and and how they're going to actually, how many reps they can actually be consistent with. Yeah. Well, and, and for a guy like Brashard Perriman, who missed practice again today, you, you better get well quick because this train's leaving the station and you either you're on board or you're not. And it's, that's no disrespect to Brashard Perriman, who right. started off camp like gangbusters, a great bomb from Tom Brady, but you can't make the club in the, in the tub, as they say. So <laughs> the, the onus is on him to, to really get well soon. You're laughing. You haven't heard that. That's like a, that's like an old expression. You know, but, but seriously, like that's, that, that was an expression back then. Well, it kind of uh, sucks. Cause people know that like, not that I'm a fan of, of Brashad Perriman, but I root for him. Alumni, you know, John. Charge on, yeah. but he—that's disappointing. I mean, I know it's out of his control, but to start off camp with this little injury standing on the sideline, like there's mm-hmm. things that we need to see out of him immediately. Yeah, i.e., that he can catch the ball consistently and not right. just work on his speed. And he's yeah. weeding himself out of out of a highly competitive group. So yeah. that sucks. He's charging out rather than charging on. Well said, Casey. I like it, uh, Brando. I I don't really hate Trask. I don't at all. I'm just being objective. I'm just. Pointing out, listen, he comes out and throws four intercept or four touchdowns in the next practice and no interceptions. The, you know, it's a whole new graphic and it's a whole new ball game in hey, terms of our, our narrative. Kyle Trask was great in yesterday's practice. The only issue for Kyle Trask was Tom Brady was was still practicing, and a lot of the veterans yeah. that were out today were practicing yesterday. So there was a couple of different storylines. Right. If Kyle Trask did what he did yesterday, if he performed like that in today's practice, yes. our headline would be Kyle Trask was awesome and was throwing the ball yeah. everywhere and everyone yeah. got a touchdown. I, I, I he was giving out touchdowns like Oprah, yeah. you know. That's right. So. I, I, do, I don't want Kyle Trask to fail. I really don't. I mean, if you go back in time and you, you look, Peter Report uh, accurately named him not just a Bucks best bet at the quarterback position. We actually yeah. had him in our mock draft as the second-round pick. We had Joe Tryon Shuenka at number one and Kyle Trask number two were the only media outlet national or local that had Trianchoyanka and Trask one and two in any mock draft. And so what does that mean? It doesn't really mean anything, but, but what I'm saying is I'm not anti-Trask. I, I, you know, put him to the Buccaneers. He was a, a player that, that this team you know, really liked. And you go back and you look and we had somebody here in the chat Rattled off his his Florida statistics, right? He led the SEC in passing, over 40 touchdowns, I think eight interceptions, over 4,000 yards. He was a prolific passer at Florida. And so the argument might be, well, look what he did. He had Kyle Pitts and he had Kadarius Toney and Van Jefferson. Okay, that's fine. But Well, here he has Mike Evans and Chris Conner. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what you're saying is he proved with a bunch of talent around him, he could sling the hell out of the ball put up touchdowns and yards, and that's why they got him because they're like, okay, well, you had a star-studded cast at Florida with the Gators. We have a star-studded cast here in Tampa with the Buccaneers. And so we want you to do here what you did there. Oh, and by the way, you're, you're kind of you're built like Brad Johnson, a pocket passer type, and Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl here. We like pocket passers in Tampa because of the offensive line. He just checks so many boxes. It's just that – he was redshirted so much last year to his detriment that now that's a bit of a full court press because I think most believe that Tom Brady's final year in Tampa is this season. Mm-hmm. And and then Todd Bowles 
started how many quarterbacks, Matt? Five different quarterbacks in four years with the Jets. I, yeah, I tried to think, black it out of my mind. I think yeah, Todd there was a, found there was out that's not a recipe for success, right? Didn't that get him fired up there? Yes, it did. So he is really curious, and rightfully so. He wants to know who the quarterback's going to be after Tom Brady. He would love for it to be a guy in-house. I don't know that he's as keen on Cal, or on uh, Blaine Gabbert as uh, you know as uh, Bruce Arians was, right? And so Bruce is not the head coach anymore. Now it's it's Todd's show, and if if he doesn't have the the affections for Blaine Gabbert outside of you know him rocking an awesome mullet, uh, then I, I don't know that that Blaine's an option. So that leaves Trask as as an option for 2023, but is he an option for the number two job or, or is he a legitimate option for being a potential starter post Brady? That's what they want to find out in this month of August. Wasn't the best opportunity today for Trask, but camp isn't over as Casey mentioned. And you mentioned two, two joint practices and three preseason games left. Right. Exactly. The book is not closed on Kyle Trask, but they do have to find out by the end of the third preseason game and by, you know, the, the first week of September, yeah. whether, because again, the, like the focus will change and Trask will be on the back burner. They do have to find out though, by that first week of September, looking into 2023, are they going to roll with Trask or are they going to yeah. have to start, you know, sending scouts out to certain college football games, looking at right. these certain quarterbacks so they could take one early in next year's round. Sure. There yeah. could be another situation like like Matt Ryan or Russell Wilson or stuff like that, but you can't right. bank on that type of opportunity to happen again. It's really going to be either Kyle Trask is the guy or you're drafting your future quarterback next season. And, uh, yeah. you know, they have a whole month and month and a half to to get that going. And, yeah. you know, we'll see what they could do there. Scott, I see you laughing at something. I, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying it's so funny how any, any slight – uh, any dose of, of constructive criticism, which is our job, by the way, we're supposed to be critical. And that means looking at a team with a critical eye, positively and negatively. But but I, it. it's I, fine. I, I, I think the term hater is just so overused now. It's just it's losing its, its punch. It's like if, if, you, you know, if, you, if you if you have one bit of criticism, like I can sit there and say, you know, Tom Brady didn't look great the other day in practice. Oh, you're hating Brady. How can you hate the goat? It's yeah. oh, dude, it's just. It's just not. I mean, just stop. It's just, it's so extreme. One thing I will say or add to the trash thing before we uh, close it out is that I don't know if it's the, it doesn't really come off as a great sign to me that as many press conferences as we've now had with Todd Bowles um, for training camp and whenever he's asked about Kyle Trask, it's been the same thing. Well, his confidence has grown a little bit. His confidence has grown yeah. a little bit because I started to kind of. Yeah, I started to go through a few other press conferences for yeah. rookie and like sophomore quarterbacks. And the head coach usually has a little bit more detail in terms of specific areas that they have mm -hmm. actually started to grow. Um, in a couple of ways, I've, I've mentioned the fact that, you know, I think his technique is still kind of lagging if he's going to step into a, a, a two role or a one role. Eventually I thought he'd be a little further along, but there's no specifics there other than, Oh, his confidence is growing a little bit. Well, once his confidence gets there, you know, arm strength, um, the, the technique behind it, how is all of that coming about? So Todd Bowles isn't really getting into much and he's not really alluding to the fact that eventually observation, right. And yeah. I just, I was, I noticed it after yesterday and then I had to go look through and like other coaches were just saying a bit more or at least specifying something that elevated and from training camp last year to this year, I would have hoped to hear something different by now. And only thing we're hearing is that he's a little more confident. We're not even saying extremely more confident or he's exuding a whole brand new confidence about him or carrying a chip on his shoulder. It's just yeah. a little more confident. So yeah, well, he's, he's being more decisive with, with the ball, Matt and Jamel Dean and Troy Warner love that decisiveness today. <laughs> they absolutely they love that. Casey, you're going to uh, be the head of our research department now with, uh, with all <sighs> the uh, forensic files that you just found by looking <laughs> yeah. at that. Going well, and, and Matt, Matt I, I'm going to say if, if Casey is going to be the head of research, I'm going to be the head of the beer drinking club on PeterReport.com. <gasps> we met. Folks, yeah. If, if you didn't, Tune in the last couple of days. We've talked about this. This is Pirate Republic beer. It is not just any beer, folks. It is the official beer of Pewter Report. And we love that because we love beer. We've been trying to find 
a official beer for Pewter Report, and we haven't had the right fit until now. Folks, it's not just the fact that uh, we're covering a team that is a bunch of, of pewter pirates. No, it's the fact that, that uh, Pirate Republic beer it tastes fantastic. We're excited to announce our exclusive partnership with Pirate Republic Brewing Company. Based out of the Nassau, Bahamas, Pirate Republic is now invading Florida. And it's time for football season, so it's perfect timing. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. The Long John Pilsner is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Take No Quarter, that's the green can, is the best IPA you'll drink. And I'm not an IPA fan, folks. I really am not. But I've already had a couple of these, and it's changing my mind. It's that good for an IPA. Drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy, Belgian wit beer, and enjoy the pirate life. I want to focus just for a quick second here on the Pilsner. This is Pirate Republic's lightest beer, crisp and refreshing. It relies on Czech Shaz hops for its spicy aroma, while toasted Munich malt brings the depth. Pirate Republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC stores in the greater Tampa Bay area and is expanding across the state of Florida. Live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer. I think I will. It's the it's the perfect combo with Pirate Republic and, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the, the team that we cover. It's just uh, sometimes you sometimes you can't write a, you know, a, a better story. And we are writers. So right. there you it go. It does actually taste good though. We were doing the the golden one yesterday. Yeah. yeah, we had the gold yeah. on. I had the gold, had the uh, the Long John Pilsner yeah. as well. So Yes, you can get it Absolutely. at ABC. Shout out to everyone in the comments, too, that was like, <laughs> beer, beer. <Yes. laughs> Definitely uh, appreciate that. But as we turn our attention back to the Bucks, I want to talk about the defense a little bit. We talked about how there wasn't much of a pass rush going on, but we do know that Todd Bowles loves to send the blitz. And I think it caught, caught the offense off guard a lot because – when the Bucks did send the blitz, it felt like they got home almost like every single time. I know yeah. uh, Grant Stewart had a blitz sack uh, on, yeah. on Kyle Trask. Um, Shaq Barrett went in untouched, which you know usually is the case where they're preparing for the blitz and oh, you right. forgot about Shaq Barrett, the team's best pass <laughs> rusher. Uh, D. Delaney got in there, uh, one of those would-be type of sack situations. Yeah. Cam Gill defeated. Co-Keefe, which everyone was freaking out because Co-Keefe had a good rep on Joe Tryon Jenkins the other day. Yeah. Now yeah. Cam Gale, the thrill, who's fighting to get the fourth outside linebacker, he beat Co-Keefe. So again, yeah. every snap is different, and every snap, like someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. But I, I thought the Bucks on defense were very calculated with their blitzes today, and a lot of them really got home when uh, when they were dialed up. So I'm excited yeah. to see. And, and you know, this season. It, it, I, I agree. And and Casey, it's interesting because rarely do do they stop the play right when somebody gets the sack right. And and, and there's yeah. pra there's practice etiquette. So what we're talking about is the quarterbacks don't get hit, but if you've got a linebacker just screaming at the a gap and he gets unblocked, practice etiquette he will veer off. I've been talking mm -hmm. to Todd Bowles about this. Uh, they they don't want anybody near the quarterback because. Sometimes when you have that follow through with with the hand, you don't want to to you know to to Hit break, the helmet. break yeah. a, a pinky on helmet. So so they you know they'll veer off like that. But but when you get to those two minute drills, it's it's a situation where Grant Stewart got in there so fast they literally blew the whistle. All right, and yeah. stopped the play and just said, nope, that's a sack. We're we're not letting this play continue. And it's funny sometimes because that and in Casey, how many times have we seen it practice? There'll be a situation where, where a, a you know a quarterback will will like get sacked, but continue on with the play, yeah. and it's like five seconds later, right? Deep ball, Jalen Darden or Scotty Miller, whoever they're catching a deep ball, and the fans, like, oh my god, what a touchdown! Like, nah, it's yeah. really a sack. You know? Well, Matt and I were talking about that yesterday because I was trying to tweet stuff out, and it was we were looking at it and. At the end of the day, it was that would have been a sack. So right. it was yeah. trying to find the verbiage of it. And I know fans on Twitter don't love when you're 
typing and you're like, almost, 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 I, I get right. it guys. But because of the way that the plays stop, it's like, well, what would have happened is that there would have been a sack here. So that's what I mean by next week is going to be way better just to be able to see some, a little more contact so we can evaluate yeah. how much yeah. they're really getting in there. But even today with the indoor practice, I mean, I even think Joe Tryon Shoyanka, I have to slow down when I say his name because then yeah. I'll be speaking Spanish. But his his footwork and, <laughs> and his engagement, it's true. I'll be like, um, his footwork and, and his hand placement and just like his, his ability to move so fluid at his size, that was something that was interesting to see. It was, in a way, things were kind of, I had the ability to slow it down and, and pay closer attention to more of the skill set or you know, how the players were moving mm -hmm. Grant Stewart. I know that he's competing to, to not only be a special teams guy. Um, he wants to expand beyond being only a special teams guy. And yeah. he looked good today. Not that mm -hmm. he hasn't looked good at all during camp. Yeah. But I mean, he had moments he, and did. The, he had his burst and I would have liked to see that outside to see how it may have uh, played out a little bit more, but yeah. I, I thought he looked pretty good. I, you know, to be fair, he did. He, he did, but in context, it was against third string players too. And so right. I, I think, you know, you know and, and, and that's what happens sometimes, right? We, and, and I've seen, you know, this is preseason 28 for me. It's my 27th year covering the team, but I throw an extra training camp back in that, back in 1994. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it uh, you, you get some of those guys that will like light it up in the preseason. Like, like for example, Shaq, Shaq Barrett's not going to lead this team in sacks in the preseason. He's just not. Yeah. I mean, and neither probably would you with uh, Joe Tranchoinka as probably well. Probably like Elijah Ponder. Correct. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be someone like that. And they're like, well, you know, well, can't believe he had three sacks in the preseason. Didn't even make the team, right? Grant Stewart's making this team. He's a special teams demon. But I'm just saying that I don't know that he is, I don't think he's going to see time on defense in, in the starting lineup. I just don't. I, I don't think, I don't see that the, the range, the size, the, the athleticism that he had, but, but yeah, in the preseason, he, he's going to make some plays. He's a splashy guy. And I think all that's going to do is reinforce the coaches to say, th this guy is really a, a pro bowl caliber special teams player. Yeah. yeah. And I think he could be like the number one guy on this team, but I think that shows why going back to minicamp and things like that, it was KJ Britt that they were essentially grooming to be right. the third right inside linebacker to play with Devin White if Levante isn't available. Thankfully, Levante, um, you know, has been here for training camp and has been looking, you know, has been looking pretty good. Casey, you mentioned Joe Tryon-Chayinka a, a minute ago, and I think he stood out early on in the in the running sessions. Yeah. The Bucks are running a couple of end-arounds, and he snuffed it out, like, right away. Like, didn't even yeah. let them turn it to, you know, turn it up the field. Devin White in the opposite direction. The next play also oh, yeah. right there. So yeah. good to see this team just moving sideline to sideline. That, that was something last year, as good as they are at stopping the run, teams started to you know move it outside just a little bit more. And again, that's yeah. why Sue isn't here. That's why you have someone quicker mm -hmm. uh, with Hicks. And of course, Logan Hall. That's the main reason that they that they drafted him for you know just his overall quick footwork going after the passer or going sideline to sideline. So uh, I like that so far. The Bucs are always going to have a good run defense, but even the the minor, minor, very minute weaknesses that they have, they you know they've already looking like that. They're correcting it right away, and maybe yeah. one practice in in shorts and shoulder pads doesn't isn't going to prove uh, you know when when they play against Dallas in in September. But I just overall, I really think. Across the board, I'm so optimistic about the defense this year. If, if they're healthy, if they're getting after the, the quarterback, um, there hasn't been a ton. Well, today they took advantage of the, the Kyle Trask mistakes, but they still dropped a, a couple of oh, yeah. more interceptions. Yeah. Uh, they still need to clean that up a lot. But outside of that, I'm really excited about how Tampa can play defense this year because – I just, uh, I really think the sky's the limit for this group. I, I'm very, I'm giddy, like thinking about what they can do. Well, yeah. And I think you brought up a great question today in pressers when we got Akeem Hicks asking basically how, you know, how much more can they focus on their game interior wise, knowing that they have such stability and strength on the outside. And 
he gave two great answers, um, answering your question, basically saying that like it's going to help them inside tremendously, tremendously. But also the fact that who would have guessed that Joe Tryon Shoyanka was the like initial pitch line to bring Akeem Hicks to Tampa Bay. Hmm. That was the first player that he watched film on. And that was the first name that they brought to his attention to entice him down to Tampa. So I think that also speaks volumes to the fact of, of what JTS is potentially going to do this season. He just has such a humble, quiet, strong demeanor to him. It's almost eerie. I mean, yeah, yeah. I would hate lining up against somebody who's just so quiet but you know that they're just a freak athlete. Right. Like you think you got it against Joe Tronchenko because he's not like jumping around everywhere. And then you yeah. take one rep against him. You're like, oh, damn. Here's actually Akeem Hicks talking about uh, Shaq Barrett and Joe Tronchenko. It's two different videos that are quick, but we'll play them back to back. Yeah, what helps is I was going actually for- want to ask that. Those dynamic outside rushers like Shaq Barrett, you know, it's, it, it makes our job easier, simply said. You know, it's funny. That was one of the first things about coming to Tampa, he said his name. And I was like, who's that? And then I actually turned on the tape. I watched the highlight tape. I was excited to play with him. You know, I already know about Shaq, right? But um, I'm excited to play with this group of guys. Just like a side note. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just hyped. Like, you watch this kid's film? No, I was just hyped. Like, you watch this kid's film, and that was your excitement to come play in Tampa Bay on top of the fact that Shaq Barrett is just an attractive teammate as well? Tom Brady. Yeah, I just thought it was so interesting that his agent was like, yeah, they got this guy, Joe Tryanchanka. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. <laughs> Side note, uh, you know, we've only talked to Akeem Hicks for a little bit now since he's still fairly new to the team. Yeah. He's a great he's a great interview. Yeah. Like, he gives a lot of awesome, insightful stuff. So it was funny going back to go or going for two again. That's what the Bucks do. Um, going from Cam Bright, who is the gold standard of right. press conferences to Akeem Hicks, but uh, he, he's very excited about just the potential of both the interior defensive line and, of course, the edge rushers. And one of the little things that we saw was Vita Vea wasn't necessarily lining up, you know, right up against the center. They right. had Vita Vea moving around a little bit. I don't know how much, like, detail we can get yeah. without getting in trouble, but it was uh, – Well, I mean, if, if you were to imagine that – that Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea weren't necessarily playing inside, but maybe playing somewhere else. And if you were to imagine, say, Elijah Ponder and uh, rookie Andre Anthony not playing outside, but playing somewhere else, then you might be understanding what Ty Bowles is doing, getting very creative. And the one thing that, that I like about Ty Bowles, and I've talked to, to Todd about this, is he mixes and matches personnel out there. Like you you rarely see you might see for the first three or four plays the actual first team defense when it comes to a new 11 on 11 session and then he is mixing matching personnel you might have um today levante david was out but you might have um devin white and kj Britt, right the starting inside linebackers paired with cam gill and and uh anthony nelson the second string uh uh, you know, outside linebackers. And then you might have on the inside, Benning Potoahi and Willington Prevalon, <laughs> who is like the third string defensive tackles, right? And it's it's such a kind of a hodgepodge, right? And and he'll he'll mix them. You got like the starting safeties and the third string corners. And the reason behind it is, is it's kind of genius. It's twofold. It's how do the third string guys or how do the second string guys fare with the starters? Right? How far away are they from from being at starting caliber player? And and then also too, it's okay. Well, what happens if you got to play a D Delaney, right? And he's got to go in there as a as a third string corner, and all of a sudden he's starting because you've had such you know a huge amount of of injuries at the cornerback position, right? Yeah, are you laughing? Uh, I'm laughing at the Willington Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> it's name. I know. It is we, name. Listen, it's 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 like, not I, like I don't know if that was old or British or. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's it, it's when you have a name like that, like if your if your name was like I'm Gary Hubbard, you know, and and you're like a football player, right? And then you got to kind of say Gary Hubbard. You can't just say Gary Hubbard, right? It's yeah. Gary Hubbard, right? Of course. But and it's the same thing. It's like when when you're a football player, and you sound like you should be. 
an ophthalmologist or a, a surgeon, right? Uh, like Wellington Prevalon, you know. I mean, that's yeah, Wellington Prevalon should be going to the next royal wedding. I yes, don't know. I don't I, know when that is, but uh, <laughs> but he's rushing the passer instead, and, and good for him, you know. But uh, if he so he had a sack in yesterday's practice. I remember being like, "Oh, Wellington Prevalon." No, Matt. No, 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 Matt. It's it's Wellington Prevalon with the sack. <laughs> Willington Prevalon getting to the quarterback so gracefully more than anyone else on the defensive line. There you go. Um, if he has a sack in the preseason, he's got to do something where he like has the pinky out and has like yeah, I love it. I like love it. Yes, yeah. drink the tea. All right, I love here's, it. Here's to Willington Prevalon. Here's to Willington Prevalon. But Scott, you, you're absolutely right about you got to mix and match like the starters, the backups, because you never know when you're going to be in that type of situation. That's right. yeah. um, you saw it, as you mentioned, with the secondary last year. They literally got Richard Sherman off the street and was like, hey, we're going to play you in, at the time, the biggest game of the season where, like, Tom Brady is not losing to the New England Patriots. So you better, you know, get your stuff together and, <laughs> yeah. and be ready to play against uh, the, the New England Patriots. So, Algie <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Crumpler, oh, tight end for the Falcons. There you go. Uh too bad they too bad they aren't playing in uh in London this year. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. You would yeah. almost have to call him up to the 53 man roster, like just exactly. Yeah. Because I'm sure yeah. they like do stuff where like the Bucks go to Parliament and like right. all this stuff. He'd just be the international yeah. ambassador. I don't, I don't think he's British at all either. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> but, I can't <laughs> I can see the appreciation. <laughs> Matt's losing. Auto. I am. I am. You. I am. Yeah. Mark Cook would be proud of you, Mark. Yeah. Matt, Matt, yeah. He would. Yeah. <laughs> he would. Hey. Um. You know, the Bucks have to decide whether Prevalon's going to make the team or not. There's a lot of different like picks that have to be made, but the best place you can go and make your picks Good is segment. with Underdog Fantasy. They got the the uh, pick'em situation going on right now. You could do it for baseball, but the best time to do it is when football season gets here and of course you got best ball mania three still available but uh the pick them itself it's the easiest way to get some action on the nfl uh you just pick an over and under on your favorite or least favorite player stats you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night you could bet over mike evans yards over you know tackles for shaq barrett whatever you want to do if you hate the Saints and you think Michael Thomas is going to get under 20 yards because he stinks and Carlton Davis is going to dominate him, you, know, you could bet the under on that. You don't have to do it just for football season, though. You could do it with baseball right now, bet on one of your favorite players to get a hit. When hockey and basketball come back, of course, you can do it with you know number of shots, uh, number of points scored in basketball, uh, whether or not a player is going to score a goal. So the over-under, uh, so many different options there. And Underdog Fantasy keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Uh, pick, again, between two and five players. Fill out your pick em slip and uh, get every pick right. And take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code PEWTER and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. That's promo code PEWTER. They actually got a couple other cool things going on right now. The Puppy 2, it's a tournament-style pick em. It's $5 to enter. $75,000 for first place, $500,000 in total prizes. And if you're a golf fan like myself, they have the Pup Cup. Nice name. I like that. Uh, <laughs> that closes on August 8th. You could pick a best ball tournament for the FedEx Cup. That's a very uh, prestigious event for the PGA. And it, that's also $5 entry, $100,000 in total prizes. It's a three-round tournament. So make sure you go to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Pewter with some cold hard cash. We all like winning money. That's uh, you know, that's always a lot of fun. Winning cold hard cash. So do it with Underdog Fantasy. I could I use it. <laughs> uh, one guy that we talked about very briefly, but I think we should talk about today is Zion McCollum because I thought it was one of his best practices out there today. We were talking recently too how you know he's still coming along and obviously. One of the big talks when he got drafted was he's going from a small school to now the NFL level. How is that going to correlate? How is that going to translate? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Tony with the comments. Pretty good. 
for those of you listening to the audio podcast, would would maybe crack up is Tony Saylor, uh, a frequent contributor to the Peter Report podcast chat. We appreciate you, Tony. He said, if my name was Algie, I'd come out of the womb swinging on my parents. <laughs> oh, I would too. Yeah, I would legally change my name as soon as I could. Like whatever age that is, like 18 or 16, yeah. as soon as you could do it, I'm going to the courthouse and just saying, oh my God. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> You're not going to name me after some fungus. Uh, is yeah. algae a fungus? I don't know. It sounds like a fungus. It's, it sounds fungi. It sounds like something yeah. green. I think it's it grows off of is. something. I don't know. Someone in the someone someone in the chat, <laughs> let us know what algae actually right. is. <laughs> uh, but Zion McCollum, Zion would be a cool name to uh, you know yeah. if you were going to change your name to go and do that. But he's got he's got the speed, and I thought today was one of his best days. He had th- three pass breakups. Two of them were really good. There was the one mm-hmm. I mentioned before where Vincent Smith was ahead of him by a step. But you know what? Make them pay if they're not going to make the the perfect throw like Kyle Trask did not. And he did with the Mm -hmm. pass breakup. My favorite one was it was a pass more along the middle. And McCollum dove again the other day. Dee Delaney was like full Superman mode diving to pass uh, to break the pass up. Yeah, that's essentially what Zion McCollum did as well. So uh, I just love that he's given the all out effort, the athleticism. Um, and I think. You know, he might not necessarily be a contributor right away. Surely he'll help on special teams with the speed that he has. Yes. But give him more time to understand this playbook, understand what it's like playing at this NFL level. I'm not saying he's taken, you know, Jamel Dean's job, but Sean Murphy Bunting was a player yeah. that, you know, we've seen him on the outside. He struggled earlier in, in practice today, losing reps to, I believe, Darden and um, maybe Tyler Johnson, but it lost a couple like in a row. Yeah. And Zion McCollum, I'm not saying it's a Kyle Trask redshirt type of year, but right. I mean, I, it seems like he's got all the, you know, the, the skill set that you want, all the makings of a guy that could really be a formidable outside cornerback for, for the box for years to come. I mean, that's why you draft a guy in the middle of the rounds. You hope he could develop into that with that yeah. speed and just his overall just personality of love and life, smiling everywhere. I think, uh, you know, he's going to be, a fan favorite just from of course he is and Carlton David touched on Zion McCollum in his presser the day before yesterday and even said don't count him out because he came from a small school and anyone that's kind of looked into McCollum's story you know he claims that he went to a smaller school to play with his brother that wasn't you know his only opportunity and offer he could have done more so for a guy who could have done more now he just kind of has to translate his learning ability and there's been glimmers of all the things that we have read about and, and seen in his film and depending on how he comes up to speed when things pick up and the dual practices next week and the actual preseason games, uh, Carlton even mentioned that, you know, we don't be surprised if you do see him this season, uh, SMB just kind of looks defeated. And as somebody who has given him a hard time on this podcast for a year now, um, I feel bad <laughs> for him. I, I do. I mean, last week before the pads came on, I think it was yep. like day three. You saw Carlton Davis, one of the interns got it, Adam Sylvan. Shout out to Adam or Sly. Fine. Uh, caught Carlton Davis oh, trying to kind oh, of oh, like. Whoa, 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 stop. I had to stop you. I, I just got to correct you here. We, we don't call our nicknames by the real name. They haven't earned that yet. Oh, sorry, Sly. sorry. Okay, just Sly. Sly. You guys just... did not hear the, anything I said before Sly. It's, we, have, we have Sly and Chandler Bing. Those are our two interns. Oh, yeah. Chandler. Finally sure. got to meet him. So yeah. Sly got a great video of Carlton Davis trying to kind of amp up SMB. Mm-hmm. He was dancing in front of him, doing all these things, and, and SMB was just so non-responsive. And those two are best friends. And mm-hmm. typically, like chatter aside, last year you would see SMB dancing. He was always hype. We have not seen SMB yes. break one move. It's a great observation. Yes, he's either taking this a lot more seriously this year than he did before, or he's not feeling it. It's one or the other, right? He's it's that that's a great observation, Casey. So we've got a couple of differing opinions. SMB will have a bounce back year. Tony D, and then Ben Leeper uh, is is SMB still starting on the outside with the ones. Dean's the far superior player when healthy. Uh, I I'll say this: Sean Murphy Bunting is still starting with the ones. I don't know and probably not going to get the, the right answer in a press conference anyways. We'll try to dig it up. But 
I, I don't know if this is a situation where Sean Murphy Bunting is starting because this team just wants to give him every opportunity to see if he can handle being a starter on the outside, or if it's to send a message to Jamel Dean, like, hey, you got to step up and, and, and make some plays. I'm just not sure. I don't know how long the leash is for SMB in the starting lineup, um, or if, if you know if if that's if that's Dean's job and they're just trying to give SMB a look, or if they want Dean to really step up and they're just kind of using that as motivation, saying, "Well, you're going to be with the with the number twos. Yeah. Two things, real quick. Number one, Dean struggled with that that interception, the the drop pick six when he stepped in front of Trask earlier this week in the end zone and just completely bobbled what should have been a gimme pick six, right? And then we saw him come up with an end zone interception today. So I think that's that's a sign of improvement. That's the sign of, yeah. of what you're looking for there. The other thing, too, with, with McCollum, and to your point, Matt, I think he really had a bounce-back day because yesterday Jalen Darden was blocking him around yes. the goal line. Okay, and I, that that kind of stunned me. It's like you know, son, you're six two, 199 pounds, and Jalen Darden is not. Yeah, Jalen Darden's about five seven, five eight, maybe a buck seventy. You cannot get blocked down there. You need to take him and toss him aside and make a tackle at the one or two yard line. You you can't get blocked into the end zone like that. So great play for Jalen Darden, not a great play for Zion McCollum. And then what happened on the very next play? Tyler Johnson touchdown from Blaine Gabbert. And uh, end of practice. End of practice. So good, they just stopped. It. Yeah, exactly. So today's Zion McCollum was a hell of a lot better than what we saw yesterday, and and that was good to see. You want to see the arrow pointing up for these guys. Yeah. Every day is not it's not going to be a steady incline. You're going to have some ups and downs, especially yes. in your rookie. But it was just good to see that the bounce back day uh, from from Zion McCollum, and also for Dean too. Yeah. And I love the diving play for McCollum. That was yes, exciting. Right. Because Wasn't that awesome? You want to see those people. I mean, I don't I don't know if they still say this now, but <laughs> in high school and college, it was you want the guys that play till the whistle blows. And mm -hmm. so it's as you said, Matt, that all out effort. And when you see a guy that wants to do that, I mean, yeah, we want to see more interceptions, but either way, we want to see passes get interrupted um, right. by this defense. And it's such a talented roster. And kind of just to like touch on the SMB thing. One, one other thing is that coaching staff really does like Sean Murphy bunting. So that's something that is helping him, um, have, have a grace period and some, and yes, an opportunity but to not, back. it's not an infinite grace period. That That's no. what I'm saying is I, what I've been hearing is his time's I'm running working. out. Time's running out. Exactly. Yeah. And his teammates love him too. Like I remember we had D Delaney on this show yeah. a couple weeks ago and he was wearing the SMB hat. He's a likable guy. Yeah. I, I legitimately like Sean Murphy Bunting. He's very Great accountable. I, I, I like him as a person. I wish he I wish he was better. I wish mm -hmm. that he was more consistent, had had more confidence, made more plays. And I'm not the only one thinking that. We all hope for that for SMB. The coaches in the front office certainly do as well. Uh, yeah. Folks, I, I do want to thank Matthew for this $5. Yes, thank you, Matthew. You're the man. Great yes. freaking let's, name, Matthew. It's awesome. That, that's true. That That's a fact. That, that That's a quality name you got there, Matt. And uh, let's hit the like and get these guys to 10,000. Uh, everyone, please. And, and I'm going to reiterate that. I'm going to put this little graphic up here. Subscribe to Peter Report TV. That's our YouTube channel. Hit the like button on our videos. We are perilously close to 9,000. The goal is to get to... 9,000 in the preseason. We want to do that before the start of the season. I think we're about 200 followers away. Yep. You can help by subscribing to the Peter Report TV YouTube channel. So hit subscribe. It says subscribe. It's actually free. They need to come up with a different word than subscribe because when you think of subscribe, it's like, well, how much is it going to cost for me? No, it's nothing, Grandpa. It's free. Hit the subscribe button and, and help us get to 9,000. Our goal is to get to 9,000 and then during the season, get over 10,000. We're so close. Thank you to all the pewter people who have subscribed for free. And if you haven't, please do so now and hit the, the like button. Matt, what happens when people hit the like button on all of our videos? Well, a couple things, Scott. Let me tell you. First of all, gives you a little heads up, a head nod. What up? We got some new content out on Pewter Report TV, whether it's these podcasts. We know you love these podcasts whether it's um, shorter clips of it, whether it's the press conferences that we've been going to every single day uh, since training camp started. We put a bunch of that up on Pewter Report TV. 
Uh, it also helps with our algorithm. Yep. We love you, Peter people. You know what's up, Peter Report. But there are other football fans, Bucks fans, that might not know about us. And by hitting the like button and subscribing, it helps spread the content of Peter Report to uh, other NFL fans and Bucks fans that might not know, but need to know about Peter Report. So by doing yep. that, you're helping us out. So help us help you, and we'd really appreciate um, a like thumbs up and subscribe it's absolutely and, free and in return we're going to be giving you guys some free financial advice through our good friends at immunity financial at immunity financial we help you live in the now congratulations we're so happy thank for you. you thank you and even though the now may feel very different you still need to plan for the future how's retirement treating you oh just fantastic i know i say it all the time but you really got to come up to colorado let's do it all right yeah we can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. You heard the man, play ahead, plan ahead, stay ahead. And and how, how do you do that? Well, you got to call him Uni Financial first. And, and then you need to talk to Mark, talk to David, somebody over there, and become a client of Immunity Financial. And the reason why you need to do that is, folks, I've done that myself. I'm not just a pitch man for Immunity Financial. The vast majority of my financial assets in retirement is with Immunity Financial. I trust them, and I believe you should too. They've got over 40 years of experience here in the Tampa Bay area, but they can also help you from across the country. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immunity Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, college savings accounts for the kids, and insurance services. There's so much more than just people that are going to help your 401k. They can help your entire financial portfolio. They've got 40 years of experience. Let Immunity Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864 or find them on the web at immuni.com. Ayo. Love it. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little housekeeping here of course uh as we wrap up this show there will be no show tomorrow because the bucks do not have training camp but they do re-up again on friday so we will have a friday show gotta get down on friday as rebecca black once famously said in her song about <laughs> oh man about over 10 years ago check out that song friday by rebecca black if you haven't yet um we'll be back friday and then training camp will be going on over the weekend but the podcast returns uh, next week on Tuesday, it is a Mark Cook tribute show, of course. The man, the myth, the legend that yep. is and was Mark Cook. And then we will go Wednesday and Thursday. Joint practices, Bucks Dolphins, very excited for that. And then we will have the first pewter post-game show of the season Woo! where we analyze and recap the Buccaneers and Dolphins uh, preseason game uh, with all of that information. All right, all right listen, uh, Matt and Casey, I we we've talked about this before. I mean, th this right here is is the best episode we've ever done. I mean, yeah. if you're listening okay. to this, if you're watching this, congratulations, you're part of history. This is the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. But you look at next week with that lineup on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then game day Saturday. I mean, I think we're just breaking records next week, folks. I, I think that we're actually going to be producing some of the best podcasts we've ever done next week. You got Mark Cook tribute. That's going to be full of laughs and maybe some tears, but more laughs than anything. The guy was an absolute legend. Love working with them for over 10 years. He's my friend for well over 20. Uh, then you got the Dolphins and Bucks. Those podcasts are going to be epic because we're going to be talking about the matchups and what happened. And then, of course, our first post-game podcast of the year. And uh, yeah, well, we're trying to kill you guys. Uh, <laughs> and the ones that are still alive, hit the subscribe and like button. Uh, <laughs> PR game days were fun, yes. And and uh, we're going to be doing those again. We're going to be having uh, pewter game days with with Matt Matera and that's me, and also Paul Atwell. So that's Paulie. <clears throat> yep, exactly. Um, what else do we have today, folks? Any anything uh, we need to do housekeeping wise? We didn't really talk too much about offense outside of Trask. So there was a few questions about uh, update on Robert Hainsey, how he looked today after 
you know what? Bit of a sloppy session. You know what? Today. I didn't notice Robert Haynes you today. I think it's a good thing. That is right? a good. Thing. I think that, seriously, is that is that not a good thing? Right? When you don't notice the offensive line sometimes. Yeah. That's a guy. Mm-hmm. I think quietly, Robert Haynes had a great bounce back day today. Yeah, and then um, Kate Otten. I mean, I think we'd be remiss not to speak on on Otten. The the Twitter fans love him. They love asking how he's doing, how he's developing. We got Wait, to what, ask what's, what's his name? Kate Otten. Otten, or is it Otten? Otten. 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 The reason I say that is like my daughter Ellie. She 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 says she talks like you, Casey. It's like she'll say kitten and mitten. Mm-hmm. Rather than kitten in mitten, blame it on our, uh, on our on uh, our lovely colleges. Our 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 lingos go out the window once we go to college. Yeah, yeah. it should be getting better. Um, yeah. No, I'm just gonna start numbering everybody and not even their jersey number. I'm yeah. gonna be talking like a coach. Yeah, 88 looked good today out there catching the ball. Right? Yo, <laughs> number twelve. That guy, number twelve, was sick. Yeah. So next pod. Yeah. Yeah. Next and, pod. Uh, Nobody. Number twelve is pretty good. He's pretty good. Throw the ball around pretty good. It yeah. pisses me off when they try to get fancy with their names, and it's just like, come on, guys. Man, yeah. what, once once fourteen is back healthy, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once he can get going, you know he is the tempo of that offense. Number fourteen, fourteen's gonna light it up. But yeah, that eighty-eight, that eighty-eight, yeah. though. Uh, fans, fans are loving eighty-eight, and yeah. I'm quite impressed with him. Not gonna Thank lie. You. Yeah, yeah I think, good. they all speak highly of him. They even mentioned yep. that you know his blocking's pretty decent. Um, and we've seen great routes out of him uh early on in camp. So I figured we would be remiss not to talk about somebody other than Trask on the offense. All right. Okay, real quick before we leave, anybody get the the gray poupon reference here? Or am, am I just dating myself because I'm old? Pardon me. No, gray poupon. Is he said a certain way. Does that ring a bell? You're too young, you kid. Nah, yeah. Some of you old people in the chat and on the podcast I'm talking about. That was a classic commercial. You know, pardon me. Do you have any gray poupon? It's mustard. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. You know, it's, it's like a high mustard. Wow. I didn't watch much TV as a kid, so no. Okay. It's good. We were raised on TV in the 80s. That's just how it was. <laughs> Military right, I think- Brad, I was a weirdo. And then people in the chat are already bringing up like the way that I eat wings and stuff. Yes, guys. Oh, I'm weird that? and I own it. Hmm? You eat wings with a fork. We don't have to go back into this, aren't we? Wrapping up. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're already like over an hour into the yeah. show. Yeah. But it, it was a great show. It was. It was. This was the best show we've ever done. It really was. Closeout music is playing. Can't you guys? Yeah. Hear right. It? Yeah. They're, they're, really trying get, they're trying to get us get us uh, off the <laughs> off stage. The stage. So, <laughs> for Casey Hudson, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everyone for watching, and we we will see you on Friday for another edition of. The Peter Report Podcast. Out. Willington Prevalon. That's what I was waiting for. Willington Prevalon. On.